Welcome to the Memorial Sermon Podcast. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your walk with God and drive you closer to Jesus. For more information about our church, visit mbcmetairie.org. Now, here's this week's message. If you got your Bible this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. So maybe you got your Bible, you got a, a phone or a tablet, something like that. If you're joining with us online, we want to welcome you. We're glad that you are here with us today. We ask that you would share our worship service uh, so that other people can be a part of what we're doing right now. And we also ask that you would turn in your Bible during this time. You don't, you don't get a free lunch this morning. We want you to come and to study God's Word uh, with us and to be able to go in. And just like I mentioned in my prayer this morning, we're going to be talking about divine appointments. And so if you've got those set of notes, go ahead and pull those out. Those are going to guide our time together as we look into God's Word. There's an author named Kent Hughes, and he wrote a book called The Supremacy of Christ. And he tells in that book a story about a missionary who led an elderly woman to the Lord. Now, this elderly woman was blind, and so as you know, she could neither read nor write, but she wanted to share this newfound faith with others. And so she went to the missionary and she asked for a copy of God's Word in French. And when she got it, she asked the missionary to underline John 3.16 in red and mark the page so that she could easily find it. And so the missionary thought to himself, he said, I wonder what she's going to do. And so he began to follow her and see what she would do. She was leaving each afternoon, and so this particular time he followed her, and just before school let out, she made her way to the front door of a local school, and as the boys were coming out, and as school was dismissed, she would stop one of them and asked, do you know how to read French? And when he said yes, she would ask him to read that verse, John three sixteen, that was marked in red, and she asked, do you know what this means? And she would tell him about Christ. This blind woman led so many of these young boys to Christ. True story, true story. And 24 of them later became pastors in their local community. It reminds me this morning as I was thinking over that story and as it was such an encouragement to me that sometimes our greatest weakness can be what God used the greatest to share in some people's lives. Who, who's going to bypass a little old blind lady and not read what she wants them to read? Who's not going to have a conversation with her? 2 Timothy 4 verse 2, we're going to put up here on the screen, is a scripture verse that I've known for many years, but I think that it's so important as we get ready to dive into this passage today. It says this, as Paul is writing Timothy, he says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And so here's what I want us to see this morning. God calls us in season and out of season. Do you know what that means? It means sometimes you are prepared to share the gospel. On Sunday morning, I get ready and I prepare my sermon and, I, and I'm ready to go and I'm ready to uh, present the gospel. I'm ready to talk about the Lord. I'm ready. I've, I've done my homework. There's some times that are in season, but there's a lot of times, most of the times that are out of season where I'm not ready for that. And that's many of times in our own lives that we're out of season. 
There's the evangelist D.L. Moody. Many of y'all know that name. He once asked a man about his soul, and the man replied, that's none of your business. To which Mr. Moody responded, this is in your notes, oh yes, it is my business. Think about our lives here as Christians. What is more important than sharing your faith? What is more important than telling people about Jesus? Is your job more important than that? Oh my goodness, we got good things going on. Now, now you're listening, you were, you were asleep and now you're awake. There's nothing more important than sharing your faith in Jesus Christ. Are your hobbies more important than sharing your faith in Christ? Is your comfort more important than sharing your faith in Christ. Today, what we're going to see is how God used Philip once again. Last week, we saw how God was using him in Samaria and the great dispersion had taken place because of this intense persecution that had taken place in Jerusalem. And now God is going to use him even again. And so I want you to be with me in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And we're going to start right here in verse 26. Listen to this. It says, the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, get up, go south to the road that goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. And this is the desert road. You remember that he was in Samaria and many of the Samaritans came to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And as you see this in your text, notice it says that he's going from down from the, down a, a particular road. It's, it's a less travel road. It's a desert road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. You'll probably recognize Gaza because what has been in the news over and over over the past several weeks, the Gaza Strip. And so you can probably, if you've been watching anything on the news, you've been watching about things that have been taking place, you can identify, you know probably exactly where this is taking place. He's going down that road towards Gaza. And so he got up and went and there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. So he's a high official. And he had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading from the prophet Isaiah aloud, reading it aloud. And the spirit told Philip, go and join the chariot. And so Philip ran up to it and he heard him praying or he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? In verse 31, the unit looks back at him. and He says, how can I unless someone guides me? And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And the scripture passage, what he was reading was this. Look at this. Right out of Isaiah chapter 53, verses 7 and 8. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before his shears, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, in his humiliation justice, it was denied him. For who will describe his generation for his life was taken from the earth? Verse 34, the eunuch said to Philip, I ask, who, who is the prophet saying this about, himself or someone else? And Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. 
It'd be interesting if, if it stopped right there, but it doesn't stop right there. We find out that this Ethiopian eunuch gives his life to Christ in, this, in the midst of this divine appointment. And look in verse 36 with me. It says, as they were traveling down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What would keep me from being baptized? And so he ordered the chariot to stop. It didn't matter about Philip. Man, that Ethiopian eunuch, he was ready. He was willing. He was ready to be baptized and to step out. And so he ordered the chariot to stop and both Philip and the eunuch went down and into the water and he baptized him. And when he came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but he went on his way rejoicing. And Philip appeared in Azotus and he, and he was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Here we have Philip. Philip, not the, not the apostle Philip, but we have, this is just a, one of the deacons, as we find out in Acts chapter 4. So a lot of people call him Philip the Evangelist. And so Philip the Evangelist is here. He's a normal guy just sharing his faith. He's been displaced by all the persecution that has taken place. And he's given this divine appointment with an Ethiopian eunuch. And, and here's what, here's what I want you to see. We talked about this a little bit in my, in my yellow two class, how God's covenant to Abraham, he tells Abraham, all the nations will be blessed through you. Of course, Jesus came through the line of the Jews. And so here, the message of salvation is now going out into the nations. We saw how it went in into Samaria. And so now, now it's moving on. This man is, is from uh, Ethiopia. And so, and so we can see that God is, is staying in line with his covenant to Abraham that was, that was really given to Abraham thousands of years before of saying that all the nations would be blessed. And so the Ethiopian has traveled over 200 miles to Jerusalem in order to worship God. But here's what I want you to hear. He has gone to Jerusalem, he's worshiped God, he's fulfilled these religious activities, yet his heart is unsatisfied. His heart is unsatisfied, he is still lost. And here's what God does, he is using people, as we mentioned earlier, and he uses Philip, and he directs Philip's steps, and he gives Philip this divine appointment. Have you ever been in a place at a time where you were just talking with someone. Maybe you're waiting in a line somewhere. Maybe it's a local coffee shop. Maybe you're trying to get on an airplane. Maybe that you're at just at the right place at the right time. Maybe it's a student in your class. Perhaps it's a, a person that you've met somewhere. And God just opened up the door for you to share the gospel. That's what we're talking about today where we're called to share in season when we're prepared, but sometimes God gives you these opportunities when you're not prepared. And I want us to talk about that this morning, about when God opens the door for you and for me to share our faith. I think that it's important and we can learn from this story that there's a couple of things. I'm going to give you two don'ts and then I'm going to give you two do's. So if you got your notes, I want you to have them ready because sometimes the Lord, he's going to open that door to share your faith. We get that incredible opportunity almost every day here at Memorial with our schools. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want us to start out with the first don't. The first don't is don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Number one, don't hesitate in being obedient. 
In chapter 8, I want you to look with me in, in verse 27. So the angel of the Lord speaks to Philip. And, and to be honest with you, a lot of times we're not going to have angels that might necessarily speak to us and say, go talk to that person. But a lot of times you'll feel God's conviction. You'll feel God's conviction in your heart and, and he'll be saying, go, go talk with him. And so here's the first thing that I want you to do. Don't, don't hesitate. And look in verse 27. Let's see how this happened with, with Philip. There's actually three different places that he did not hesitate. In verse 27, it says, so he got up and went. And there was the Ethiopian man, the eunuch, a high official of Candace. And so here we can see he got up, he went, he didn't try to argue with God. This is the opposite of what you would see with Jonah. Remember how Jonah went the other direction? So here Philip is saying, okay, God, I'll go to it. And then when he sees the Ethiopian unit, the Holy Spirit is moving in his life. That's that conviction that we feel sometimes. Sometimes God is, is going to convict our hearts and say, you need to talk to that person. You need to go see them. You need to mention something to them. You need to start a conversation with them. And so look at what happens. Did he just sashay up to this chariot? No, that's not what happened. Look in verse 30. In verse 30, it says, Philip ran up to it. Do you see? He's not hesitating. Later on, when after the Ethiopian eunuch has come to know Christ, and you, we can see in verse 38, you see, so he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. And look at this. And he baptized him. So there's three places that he didn't hesitate to get up and go. He ran up to this chariot or this cart that he was in, and then he didn't hesitate in order to baptize him either. All of these things come together. When Jesus said, believe and be baptized, Philip is reaching out and he's not committing the sin of hesitation. So many times I feel like we hesitate in sharing our faith, don't we? We hesitate in sharing our faith. Sometimes we push the thought out entirely or even sometimes when we entertain God's voice. Have you ever had those times where you argue with God and it's all inside your head and if someone could see you, they'd probably be thinking something like Lord of the Rings. Remember that, that, that scene in Lord of the Rings where Gollum is talking to himself, you know, and he's just kind of going back and forth. So many times when God wants us to share our faith, we kind of argue, but God, well, this is weird. It's awkward. I don't know. I don't know where they are. I'm busy. I've got a million different things. And at the end of the day, I think what stops us the most is fear. I think what stops us the most is fear. Fear that will look weird that will look weird. Fear that we won't have all the answers. Sometimes we are. We're in a hurry. I know that this happens to me all the time. I've got so many things on my plate. And of all the things that you would think that, that the pastor of all people would, you know, that would just be, just let, put everything on hold and let's stop and let's talk about our faith. But sometimes even I feel that tension of the things that I've got on my schedule and the meetings that I've got to go to. And sometimes it's just the fear of being being late. But if I could, if I could give you a tip from someone who has shared their faith for years, can I just tell you, when you share your faith, it works like a muscle. It works like a muscle. Sharing Christ with others is like a muscle. And let me ask you this, how would you feel if you only went to the, to the gym once every three months? You know, sometimes we get convicted about sin in our lives, and then sometimes we get convicted about other things in our lives. And, you know, and we think, oh, I need to, I need to go to the gym. What if we only went to the gym once every three months? 
Would you get stronger? Would you get stronger over the time? Well, you'd be a lot more sore, I guarantee you that. You don't have time to work that, that soreness out. You might even, if you only went every once every three months, you might even be tempted to look in the mirror and say, you know what, uh, this is a waste of my time. And that's when the Holy Spirit is giving us opportunities to share our faith and we don't take them. It's so important that we work the muscle, that we keep it in shape of sharing our faith. Philip certainly did. Uh, and, and one of the ways that we can do this is just by looking for ways to insert Christ into a conversation. Finding ways. In fact, I would, I would put it this way, is in every single conversation that you have, might be a coworker, might be a friend, might even be a family member, in every single conversation to say, okay, God, how can I insert the gospel in to what I'm talking about? Let me give you a great example. I had someone text me last night. We were talking about how there's a lot of investments that are going on right now. A lot of the investments are, are going down. And, and this particular person that we were just joking back and forth about uh, things that have been taking place with our, with our investments. And so I told him and jokingly, I said, yep, when, when our investments get this low, I said, I start confessing sin in my life. And so it's just a, a simple way. And of course, I was joking, but, but it was just another way of me putting the gospel into a conversation. I'll never forget the time that before I became a pastor, I was working for the University of Southern Miss on the Gulf Coast, and we had these uh, networking events that we were required to go to that our boss had asked us to go to. And I'll never forget, there was one time that we were asked to go to an event at the, the Beau Rivage. It was the, you know, the, the, if you've you know, been on the coast, you know it's the, the biggest casino in the area. It was a very secular event that we were at and, and you know, uh, didn't do any games gambling, didn't do any drinking, but was there to network and to uh, talk with people. And anyway, I just remember having this conversation with a, with a young girl that, as we were just talking, didn't really know her from, from Adam. And so as we were just talking, something just happened. I just nonchalantly mentioned my faith and I mentioned, you know, my faith in Christ. And then, you know, just kind of went on from there. And, and it, it was amazing because she later came back to me even after that nonchalant comment that I put in about my walk with Christ or I was something about the Bible, and I can't even really remember, but, but she wanted to talk to me. She wanted to make sure that she grabbed me later on and said to me, you know, I, I, wanna, I wanna talk about faith in Christ. And so here's what I want you to hear. The less you hesitate in sharing your faith, the more it becomes a habit, a very good and a very powerful habit. And before you know it, it's not just working the muscle, it becomes muscle memory. You start doing it without even realizing that you're doing it. So the first thing is don't hesitate in being obedient. The second thing is don't discriminate who needs Jesus. Don't discriminate who needs Jesus. I want you to hear this, that, that as, I, as I read the scriptures, so many times I think that we can think that sharing our faith feels so much like a sales pitch. Have you ever read one time in scripture that it's a sales pitch? I haven't. 
Many times it talks about it as, as fishing or it's farming, it's sowing seed. And so here's what I want to see as, as we look at, at doing that. We don't discriminate who needs Jesus. We don't, we don't discriminate where the seed is thrown in our daily lives. And so I want you to look with me once, once again at verse 27. And it talks about how Philip got up and he went to an Ethiopian man, a eunuch who is a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Now, Candace wasn't necessarily her name. That was more of her title, okay? I know we have the, the name Candace is kind of common in our culture today, but that was more of her title, the queen of the Ethiopians. And I think as we, as I throw this term out, discriminate, many times we hear the word discriminate and our minds immediately go to things like grace and, or, or race and ethnicity. And certainly there were um, certainly there were people from two different countries. You know, Philip is is a is a Jew, and so here we've got this Ethiopian eunuch, and we need to be open to sharing our faith with all different races and all different ethnicities. But here's what I want us to talk about in, in, in this passage this morning. Think about this. I think a lot of times that we don't share our faith because we don't feel like we have something in common with somebody. You ever feel like that? You don't have something in common with somebody. Philip is a refugee. He is on the run. This eunuch is someone who is a high official. He's got money. He works for the queen of the Ethiopians. What do they have in common? And nevertheless, God calls him to not discriminate, but to share his faith. And I think that this happens so many times in our lives. You know, when it, when it comes to things like missions and sharing our faith, and, and even, even in our daily lives, doesn't it feel like it's so common to share our faith, you know, with someone who's maybe hard on their luck? You know, maybe if we're, we're going to, you know, the Hudson, Africa, or someone that needs water, you know, they don't have well water or anything like that. It's easy for us to say, okay, let me reach someone who's struggling. But here, what I want you to see is that Philip didn't discriminate. Here is someone who is well off. How comfortable do you feel sharing your faith with someone who's, what the world would say, successful? What the world would say has it all? How, how confident do you feel? I mean, even Jesus talked about this when, when he mentioned that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the, the kingdom of God. He's got everything. Why would he need Jesus? But think about it. What if God used you to lead someone with power and influence to Christ because he was gonna use them to turn the world upside down and you just got to be on the ground floor of it? Think about that. God would use that person, that person that might be so successful, and you get to be on the ground floor of leading them to Christ. Don't discriminate. Don't discriminate in a number of different ways. God can use you. So I want you to think about this even now. Who is in your life? Who is in your life? Teenagers, think about this. Who might look different Who's the most athletic? Who's the smartest? Who's the prettiest? I would start praying for that person even today that God would use you in their life. 
Adults, think about your neighbors. Who's the one that's got the big house and the big car? All of those things. You feel like, you know, you could never measure up. And usually their name is Jones and you're trying to measure up with the, with the Joneses. Nevertheless, they might be the very people that God is calling you to share your faith with. Don't discriminate because they might be more quote unquote successful than you. So we got don't hesitate, don't discriminate. And here's the thing that I want you to write down that I want you to do. Number three, initiate the conversation initiate the conversation. Now, this is where all my introverts in the room start having a panic attack, all right? They're thinking to themselves, all right, Pastor Dan, I'm an introvert. I don't like talking to people. You know, I'm burning all that energy. Here, don't freak out. I'm telling you, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. Look with me in verse 29 through 31. So the spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. And when Philip ran up to it, he heard, the pro- he, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me. And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Let me tell you something. If the Holy Spirit leads you to a conversation, the Holy Spirit will lead you through a conversation, even if you fumble it up. My prayer is that when you struggle and when there's a conversation that it turns to God and that you say, you know what, God, it's not about me in this moment. It's all about you and that you are entirely dependent upon him. But, but notice what Philip does. He asks a question. He asks the man, what are you reading? Do you understand it? And here's what I want to encourage you. When you don't know what to say, let me give you a little piece of advice, okay, that someone once gave me. A person's favorite topic to talk about is usually themselves. It doesn't mean that they're conceited. It doesn't mean that they're arrogant. It just means that that's the topic that they know the most about. So initiate. Where are you from? What are your hobbies? Do you like sports? Where did you go to high school? What do you do for a living? See what they say and see if if it doesn't pop up. Something doesn't pop up about church or religion. And you can ask them if they have any spiritual beliefs. I used to think that was the dumbest question ever when someone mentioned that to me. They said, just ask them if they have any spiritual spiritual beliefs. I was like, that is so dumb. And then I tried it. It's amazing. You ask someone if they have any spiritual beliefs, and I'm like, man, well, let me tell you, da-da-da-da-da-da. It's, it's amazing how God can use that. It works. In fact, I'm so convinced that if you ask the right questions, you can lead someone to Christ with just questions if you follow that along. The funny thing is, you are actually at an advantage. I want you to hear this loud and clear. Even more than your pastor, you are at an advantage in sharing your faith. You know, as, as soon as people find out that I'm a pastor, sometimes they change. Woo, they change. Their language might change. Their attitude might change. Or maybe they've just been hurt by the church. They might be quiet altogether. Let me tell you something. You think, well, you're a pastor. You're at, you're at an advantage. No, I'm not. You're the one that's at the advantage. You're the one that they're going to be real with. You're the one that they're going to share their heart with because you, your name doesn't necessarily come with a lot of, of baggage. I want you to hear this loud and, cl- and clear. You've got it made. 
Just start asking questions. Ask questions that, and sometimes you even ask questions that you already know the answer to. I'm not asking you to play dumb or anything like that, but sometimes you ask the questions that you already know the, the answer to, and they will begin to share with you what has happened in their life. So I want to encourage you, don't hesitate, don't discriminate, but do initiate the conversation. That's exactly what happened with Philip. And then the last thing that I want to mention to you this morning is that when the Lord opens the door to share your faith, participate in the work of the Holy Spirit. Just participate. Just participate. Don't have that argument with God. Step into it. I know you're scared. I know that you're frightened about that. Work that muscle. Get that muscle nice and strong. Look with me again in, in verse 29, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 36. In verse 29, it says this. It says, the Spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. The Holy Spirit was the one doing the work. Philip just participated. And then skip down with me to verse 36. Look at what the Spirit does. As they were traveling down the road, they came to water. And then the who said it? Who said it? it wasn't Philip? It was the eunuch. The eunuch is the one that mentions it. He says, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? I mean, Philip just really just had to step out. He had to ask some questions, but God was in the midst of doing all the work for him. And I want you to hear that. I think this is the best part of this, this whole thing. Do you realize God used an angel to speak to Philip to go share the gospel. The angel could have done all the work. The angel could have been the one to go to this Ethiopian eunuch. The angel could have been the one to stop him on the road. We have plenty of stories where angels show up in history. Through all throughout the Bible, we have angels that show up. Nevertheless, God did not use an angel in this situation to share the gospel because God, for whatever reason, in his sovereignty, wants you and me to make the kingdom investment. He doesn't want the angel to share their faith. He wants you and me to share our faith and to participate in the work of the Holy Spirit the reality is God's already working. You just can't see it. Right here, he was already working. The, the, the eunuch is, is reading from the prophet Isaiah out of Isaiah 53. Now, let me tell you, I've read the book of Isaiah. It's got some complicated stuff. Of all the passages that he could have been reading from, he's reading from Isaiah 53, which is clearly talking about Jesus being the sheep that was led to slaughter, the lamb of God, if you will, and hear that, that he didn't speak, that he was crucified on the cross. And so Philip's able to to relate that to him. God was already working. God was already doing something. We're just called to be fishers of men. But if you never drop your hook in the water, then you're not going to catch any fish. That's what God is calling us to do. God is the one who is working on their heart. Let that freedom flow through you that you don't have to do everything right. He's got this. John chapter 6, verse 44, just clears this up. It says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. What you and I are called to do is just throw seed 
to put our hook in the water, to be fishers of men. But God is the one that is doing all the work. This isn't in the notes, but this was in my quiet time this past week. Think about Peter. Think about when Peter, the first time that Jesus told him to go out and, and take, take the boat out and they hadn't caught anything all night and they had been fishing all night long in the shallow water. And if you wanted to try to catch something, that's how you did it. You fished all night in shallow water. And then Jesus tells him something that doesn't make sense. He tells him to go out in the daytime. He says, push out into deep water. Do you realize that? That, that was, you're not gonna catch fish in the daytime in deep water. It's just not gonna happen on the Sea of Galilee. But he says, nevertheless, because you said so, I'll do it. And what happens? They caught more fish, the nets are tearing, all of that. Why? Because they were participating in the work of God at that moment. And that's what God calls us to do when he shares us our faith. And that's, of course, when Jesus looks at Peter and he says, now you've caught these fish, I'm gonna make you a fisher of men. It's all about his work already being done. As I finish, I want to share a story with you about someone who came to know Christ. There was one night, there was a group of church members who were doing visitation. And as they were doing visitation, um, they knocked on a door and they accidentally knocked on the wrong door. This person had actually not visited their church uh, and so they, you know, a person opens the door and, and they realize, oh, this is not the person, but they, you know, we're checking. Does so-and-so live here? No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't live here. And so they apologize and we're getting ready to turn away. And, and as they talked about, you know, looking for this other person, the man at the door, he was young. He was in his mid twenties. He was in the air force and he, and he had gone to church as a, as a young boy and he had some family problems as, as he grew up. But the, there was something that had been stirring. God would, was already working in this man's heart. And he said, hey, can you just come in for a minute? I have some questions. I have some questions about God. And I have some questions about the Bible. And this same man would later go to church and get involved in church. He would give his life to Christ. He would marry, uh, he would find a, a young lady who was a librarian and he would, and he wound up marrying her and they had a godly marriage and he would raise his kids in a rock solid Christian home. And one of his kids would actually grow up to be a pastor. And the pastor of Memorial Baptist Church of Metairie, Louisiana today is his child. Do you realize God is at work? All you've got to do is to step into it. I'm so thankful that someone didn't give in to fear or give in to that. They said they stepped outside their comfort zone even when they had the wrong door. I don't know that I would be standing here today if those people hadn't shared with my daddy. You never know the effects you never know the effects of sharing your faith.